Welcome to the Connor Churlin podcast, where I, Connor Churlin, meet up with a musician, see what makes them tick, what inspires their music, what it is they want to do, be, dream. On today's episode, we have Mr. Sam Gale Band. The band's name is Mr. Sam and the People People. You think it's a funny name? He's a funny guy. Uh, so much depth to this guy. Really enjoyed our conversation. Two songs on this podcast and on his album are amazing and heartbreaking and beautiful and fun and uh i really enjoyed meeting him and i think you will also really enjoy his insights so please enjoy sam gelband i was very excited to chat with you for many reasons um but then as i scrolled really down into your instagram i got to 2015 (laughs) and i saw that you mailed your hair (laughs) Uh um and that's something that I did to my parents as a prank in this last year. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I, I started learning about your uh, your kids' poems, your um, uh-huh. kids' audiobook that you're interested in. Yeah. And then, like, obviously the music is what got me interested in India. Right. But, like, the, the right. deeper I went, the more I was like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that, that you found that stuff. That's, I was actually just – I haven't been – doing the the children's poem stuff for a while and and it sort of just came back to me the other night I thought of I thought of a poem that I wrote last night that just came up for some reason and I was like man I gotta start doing that again because I would do it every night like religiously and this was you know I had a lot of time on my hands in this time of my life but I'd get home from work and I would um and I'd go to this bar that I went to that was kind of like a living room uh it was down the street from my house. But anyway, I would I would come home late at night and I would sit down and I'd write a poem just like for myself. Just, you know, probably won't ever share those. Just like about a- anything. Just sort of like free associative thing. And then I would write down everything I did that day and circle all the names of everyone that I talked to or saw. Wow. Or even like thought about. And... And then I would write a kid's poem before I went to bed. And it was like this hour-long like writing routine that I would do between Jeez. like 1 and 3 in the morning. And it, yeah, it, it was really fun. And I just don't do it anymore because, I don't know, I filled up like... I did that for a year, maybe maybe a year and a half. So I have like over 400 of those kid's poems. And I just wow. am like waiting to do something with them someday. You know, yeah. Why were you circling people's names that you saw or thought of? Um, just, you know, people are just really important to me. And uh, I, I think that that was just an act of like, I wouldn't say that I was lonely, but if I ever got lonely, that was a really easy way to just be like, okay, you feel lonely, but when you look back at your day, here are the like 20 people you interacted with that you enjoyed. You know, yeah. um, even if it was just like, I do that every night without writing it down before I go to bed. I just list in my head, like all the people I saw that day and like, just feel thankful for them. Um, even just like, you know, there's this woman that works at this coffee shop I go to all the time. And when she's working, she's just so friendly. And yeah. I just like in a very honest way. And, um, she always like calls me baby and it's like just such a nice interaction and, so, you know, I I always try and think about the people throughout my day that I saw because otherwise you can forget that, like, pe- people take this time to, like, get to know you and, like, say hey and see how you're right. doing. Yeah. Man, that's 
that's also one of the things I noticed going through your Instagram is most musicians' Instagrams talk about themselves in an incessant, ongoing, uh, self-aggrandizing way, and most of your posts say a similar thing, which is a, I'm so grateful for these friends. I'm so grateful right, for yeah. these people in my life. Yeah. And it was such a pleasant thing to read, and it, a lot of it was the same people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that that's also like a really nice thing to see. It'd be like, oh, I assume these are his friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, like, I'm a huge fan of, of my friends and always have been, you know, I mean, I, yeah. around when I was like 14, 15, I really started to meet like my people, you know, mm-hmm. and some of those people stayed in my life forever. I write a lot about those people. Um, and then, yeah, it just keeps growing and growing. And it's kind of like, I don't know, I can be proud of myself for doing whatever, but then I sort of have to take a step back and be like, well, without like my parents or like without my friends or my sister, you know, my dog, like all these beings in my life, like what would it be? I'd be doing it alone. Like that wouldn't be fun. I'd just be sitting in a room, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. In adult life, it's difficult to find your people a lot of the time. There's a lot of ulterior motives ulterior motives there are other motives for why people reach out and want things from each other uh after you turn you know 21 so like how how are you finding your people yeah i mean i i it's a great question i mean it's something that i've been kind of like I wouldn't say struggling with, but, but questioning like that I can sort of see that coming, not necessarily that's happening, but sort of like, Oh wow. Like as we get older, if we aren't careful, we can sort of stop uh, casting that net out. You know, we can feel pretty comfortable with what we have and just sort of work on that. And I think in a lot of ways that's beautiful. And I think that's sort of how we're supposed to be in some ways. I think with like, how accessible people are all the time with just like in your hand can sometimes be overwhelming and can put this pressure on you that you need to have like not your people, but just a massive amount of people in your life always. And for me, I just have always focused on, you know, who are my core people? Like who are the people that are really, really special to me? And then honestly, just who do they love? You know, like, if they love them, I'm sure I'm going to love them, you know, and vice versa. I always try and bring people together who are from different parts of my world too. Um, so that's typically how I find my people is just like following, following the thread. And that's why I feel so lucky is that I haven't really had a moment in my life where I've been like, Oh, I'm here alone. And I've got to go walk out that door and like find my people. I've always sort of moved in, in a current you know, of some kind. And I feel really grateful for that. That's interesting. Do you feel like a lot of your friends come from the music scene that you tend to find yourself with? Or is it other things like you also volunteer as a teacher? I I am a substitute teacher. And right now I've, I've had a lot of different roles in education, but right now I'm just substituting. Um, but I was, 
doing, I was running after school programs. So every day, you know, for a while I was showing up, it was a great job for a musician because I'd show up at like 11, 10, 30, 11. And I'd have all this prep time. I'd watch recess. I would like make sure lunch went okay or whatever. And I'd have more prep time. And then I'd just, all the kids that went to the after school program, I'd just play kickball with them or like make, make paper airplanes and do puzzles for like hours and get paid for it. Yeah. And I didn't make a lot of friends through that. Um, which was kind of like something I really cherished because like my students were my, were my buddies, you know, like I just had this, I could walk into that room and be with my like little friends, you know, like my little (laughs) buddies. And then, and there's just like so much play that happens. I felt like I just didn't have to be like, I was never worried about being cool. In fact, like most of the time I was always like really trying to be not cool and, and kind of a, like get them to not worry about being cool. And then when I walked out of there, I could like, you know, put my instruments in my car and go play a show somewhere and have a completely different life. So that was pretty cool. But I found my people through acting too. I mean, I was an actor for a long time. That's what I went to like college for. And um, yeah, I've just sort of always, whatever I dive into, I tend to hold on to my favorite people and keep them with me and make sure I always go visit them. I travel a bunch and I, you know, I have a lot of people in New York and I always try and go there like once or twice a year for a couple of weeks and just check in on people because I love them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you still act? In a way. Um, not, I haven't been like auditioning for years, but I run this run. It's such a silly thing to say, but there's this uh, performance series that Chris and I do called... Uh, Choose yourself. I don't know if that's something that you found through your detective work of, but it's yeah. it's like a parody on like Tony Robbins, like self help stuff, like guru stuff, yeah. and it's very like Tim and Eric uh, kind of just very uh, I wouldn't say aggressive, but just like very loud, absurd humor. Um, the, at the end of the first workshop, we had everyone follow us out to like the middle of the street outside of the bar that we were performing in. And we held hands and taught everyone the song and we were just wearing adult diapers (laughs) and we held hands and everyone sang this song about choosing themselves. And we just like looked into each other's eyes and like peed our diapers. Um, and so like, if that's acting, like that's the, the type of acting that I've been doing. Um, but no, I haven't been auditioning in a while. And right now I'm working on like a little short film series thing with with Mashed Potato Records. They're like trying to put on some music performance TV series type things. And I'm helping write and work on one of those. But I don't know. I just kind of use the skill to have make my own fun now. I don't really want to audition for things anymore. Yeah, that's uh, peeing your own diaper on cue. Sounds like a very interesting skill and like uh, something you would probably practice a few times beforehand. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. What volume of water at what time to achieve what volume of ec- like getting it out at what time? It's a delicate procedure. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing that those things come, they come in packs of like 12 or whatever. So we probably use about half of them each time just in preparation. But yeah, it's a... And then a few for a long uh, car ride 
Yeah, you. yeah. You know, you never know when you're gonna need them. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm wearing one right now. You know. Yeah, Just, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I could do this interview. What am wrong? Yeah. You mentioned uh, Mashed Potato Records. Um, are you under their record label, or um, what, what's your relationship with them? So Mashed Potato Records isn't really a record label. Um, Good to know. It's a recording studio. Um, and more importantly, it's just sort of like a community. Um, there are three main engineers, uh, Duff Thompson, Sam Doors, and Bill Howard. And they're completely split across the country right now. But at a time, they were recording using reel-to-reels just in this lot a couple, you know, down the street from my house. And they had the tape or they had all the microphones running from one van into another where all of, you know, it was like there was a sound booth van and a recording van. And then it moved into a house and now it's sort of a mobile recording thing, but no one is on the label. They're just compilations of what the studio has put out. Um, and I recorded with, with them for um, the EP. Okay. So all three of those guys helped to form that sound. Yeah, in in a way, they certainly all have worked with that equipment and exchanged ideas about that. But typically, it's one engineer at a time that that's working on a project. It's in in recent years, it's been mainly Duff Duff Thompson who has his own stuff too that he recorded that is remarkable, truly remarkable stuff. Cool. Do they have uh, the piano that's in? Uh thinking of my family is that their piano or did, did was that part of the recording the like mobile recording setup that's a, that's just my piano um yeah yeah the, they uh, they don't really provide instruments it's just they it, we, really what it is is that when you set up the recording time you then have to help them carry really heavy stuff down flights of stairs and then into your house um, yeah. is typically how it goes yeah. That that song is incredibly beautiful. I mean, totally on uh on theme with like you and your love for the people around you. Um and it, it's also just so nice to hear a song where you can like hear the chair creaking underneath you. Like that's such a nice uh I mean th- there's there's even like how one of those notes is out of tune on the piano oh my in gosh, that song. Yeah. Um it, it it just adds to like how special it is um in this really like you can really visualize you just thinking of your family uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah in that in yeah, that scenario so yeah. it's um i found it really sweet um i've been jamming to terrified all week long are you would you be down to to, to play, play it for me? me oh absolutely yeah and uh and that squeak is actually the foot pedal um Oh, is it? Yeah, and and, and everyone says thinks it's a chair, which is maybe a more uh, romantic version of it, because because yeah, it's just like I freaking put some WD forty on that on that uh, <laughs> pedal. But yeah, I'll play I'll play the song. It's been odd. I haven't really been playing these songs very long. Like I finished the the this one the night before everyone came over to record it, um, and then there haven't really been shows since I made the record. So it's been like pretty much like the recording that there is of it is kind of the only version of it that has ever 
existed, really, you know. Well, there's the other one where you're in that bar with... Uh, yeah, Western AF, yeah. Western AF, yeah, yeah. That's also... That's so good. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's like my favorite... Um, one of my favorite places on earth. I don't drink, but I've, I, they're nice enough that they've let me hung, hang out there for years and I just go sit in there and drink soda water and play pool and hang out and all the bartenders are great. But yeah, I'll play this one. Oh, darling, I'm so happy 
terrified that later we could walk the puppy. Terrified that I had never felt so lucky. I love you still, and I think that I always will. Believe me, I always will. Yeah. It's that one. It's fun. I never play these songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, when's the last time you think you played it? Mm. When I moved into this house, which wasn't long ago, probably a month and a half ago. Yeah. But before then, I mean, it was probably in the bar, which was in August, you know? So it's been, yeah, I like hardly ever, ever plan. I mean, I'll sit around and play the guitar stuff pretty often, but I don't really sing the songs all the way through ever. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, it's fun too. Yeah, thanks for letting me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've uh I've noticed like during the pandemic not having as many opportunities to play the music that I write. One, it makes me sloppy. So I've anytime somebody asks, I typically mess up now. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. But also like it it feels like a part of me has been just like laying dormant for a really long time. It's not like it's missing. I like know where it is. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just laying down. It's felt really nice to like. I've been doing these shows up in the mountains, um, where I invite people out and they can drive in or they can like. Oh, cool. Out. And um, that's it's it's a part of me that I really enjoy being is the part of me that's like storytelling and yeah, singing songs. Um, for you, I mean you clearly like to write a lot do you consider yourself like a? I mean you and me and we being already like the name of a book that does not yet exist <laughs> um so like do you consider yourself like a pretty good storyteller when you're on stage or what is your typical stage banter look like um you know i i i typically uh i'm, I'm still trying to find my voice like because for a while I played in this like really loud rock band and that was like really easy to, uh, there was just so much energy that would like go out of, like out of a song and be like, bah, 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 and then you'd just feel the energy from the crowd and then you'd just be able to kind of like go off of that and feed off of that and it was high energy. And with this, it's interesting because I, I just, I don't really know yet. I haven't played a show yet as this band, you know, oh, wow. this, it, it hasn't happened. Um, but when I have played just by myself in front of audiences, I typically will tell a story or two or or just talk to people. I don't know. It's um I don't do any sort of long winded stories unless I have like a very specific one in sure. mind. But um sure. yeah. The the rock band, was that Honcho Poncho or is uh -huh. that a different yeah. thing? Oh, okay. how many people in that one? Um I, between four and five, depending wow. on the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, this one, ideally, the Mr. Sam, the people, people is like eight. Like it is like a huge undertaking. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all of them actually live in Louisiana too, right? The, the people on the record. Uh, yeah. The people, people. Yeah. It's pretty much just uh, four of us. Yeah, four out of the seven that were there live wow. here. One of them's from L.A., two are from Canada. Um, yeah, that's seven. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I have my New Yorker tote. It's all good. I'm smart. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Smart. I'm subscribed to the yeah, New Yorker, exactly. which I yeah. sometimes yeah. read. You, ever seen, you see this? See this? You think I look like a dummy? Huh? <laughs> Get out of here. Like I'm walking here. No. I'm, the, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, another question I had is um, on your Instagram, I see a, a lot of bingo with the stars. Oh, um, yeah. Bingo with the stars where you are the stars. Yeah. That's the full <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me what this is? Uh, yeah. Uh, bingo with the stars where you are the stars is <laughs> maybe my favorite thing to do. Um, there's this bar here called St. Rock, which is like home base for a lot of musicians and people I love in the city. They had a bingo night for a while, and then their host left, and my friend Chris took on the hosting job. And when I moved to town, he asked me to co-host with him. And there was a lot of bingo drama, where like the regulars of the bar were like pretty pissed that we were the new bingo guys. Because um, we just had a whole different angle on it. We were just like joking and cracking jokes and like in a different way than the previous host had. And <laughs> we do this thing where we'll lay out a, a red carpet and like put up like searchlights and like, it's this really dinky production, um, like rinky dink setup, but, uh, it is so fun. It's just where we, you know, we just have two microphones in our hands. Well, one each. And we, uh, we just, it's where we put our worst ideas. It's just like we just spout garbage out of our mouths for two hours while calling bingo, you know. Um, That's amazing. It's, it's great. I love it. It's so fun. It's every Wednesday. And yeah, it's especially good when we've both had like a really long day and we both really don't want to do it. Yeah. Because then we aren't like trying to be funny. And yeah. that's always when it's the funniest and when we'll get each other <laughs> cracking up the most. It's just, I don't know. I can't quite describe it, but it's it's a lot of fun, for sure. Do you have any good uh, bingo drama stories you want to throw out real quick? Of uh, <laughs> the carpet's too long, or the like? Is is it the is it that where you are the stars? Meaning those attending bingo are the stars? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. They're they're you know what would it be without? Um, do they do they dress up as like celebrities or are they just stars? I wish we we have started to have a, a small contingent of people who are like getting really into it, and will do really sweet things like make a pinata out of bingo uh, used bingo tickets, you know, nice. like paper mache a bunch of those together and make a big pinata. Um, but no, no one's dressed up. Um, you know, okay, I remember. There there was a um there was there's a chalkboard outside the bar, right? That's on the door. And it sort of says like, you know, the name of the band that's playing there tonight or whatever. And one of the regulars who's there just every day always does the thing that always writes it. Mm-hmm. And he saw that we were doing bingo that night. And so I arrived, it was like after a long day of like a really hard day at the school, like just, you know, totally exhausted. And I came, I came up to the bar and written on the chalkboard, it just said like fart smelling contest. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, like, I guess you guys don't, don't like us for, you know, for doing our job, you know, <laughs> like you don't have to be here, you know, it's, it's not, 
I don't know. So that's such a calm diss. I know. It's just like <laughs> if that's the shade you're throwing, like I think I'm okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can work with that. Yeah, it's like a third grader. <laughs> oh with yeah. A pen. That sounds very fun. Uh, have you? Is it still going on in COVID times? Mm-mm. Okay. We've tried to think of ways where we could, like, you know, we even thought about doing a hotline. You know, because you can just do that. Uh, you yeah. can just set up any sort of, like, you know, press one for this option, press two for this option. And it could, it yeah, could yeah. go on forever. Yeah. And so we've thought about doing that. Um, we didn't do it. We thought about having it in the park or something, but it's, you know, we're wouldn't be the same and and what a silly reason to put people at risk you know sure. i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know maybe someday maybe as, as the vaccine starts rolling out more and more we'll find some creative ways to do it but yeah i love missing it that's something that i've been leaning into you know yeah. Yeah. i appreciate that um one of the things i really enjoyed about your record were all of these um and uh, the, the first song i messaged you about was little star um, mm, which is another yeah. duet that you do with Casey. Can you tell me a little bit about Casey and these duets and like how they were created? And on your Instagram, you said that you wrote, uh, I think it was talking with you just as an excuse to get to do a duet with oh, Casey. Casey. So yeah. Tell, tell, tell me tell. a bit about that relationship. And yeah. Start um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, she, uh, I knew her from a distance for probably just like a year or so. You know, and and thought she was pretty cool, pretty cute, and kind of kept my distance. And then I drove down here. Uh, just you know, I left Seattle, which is where I lived before, and I was just sort of looking for another place to live. And I was driving around the country, and I was with this uh, this guy named Bill, um, who is a a very amateur paranormal enthusiast. You know, he really likes like UFOs and stuff, and. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, I'm driving down through the Southwest. Like, do you want to hop in my van and we'll go look for UFOs? Um, and so we did. And it was really fun. And we just camped out in all these zany places and tried to look for UFOs. I can't reveal anything we found. It's a classified. But um, <laughs> when we got to New Orleans, I stayed with, with buddies for a while because I had a lot of friends down here. Casey Jane and I started to hang out actually at the show, at the thing where I peed my diaper. Um she thought that was hilarious. And so we started chatting she was like, really? She like, she loved it. You know, she loved that. And, and cause she's like a total dork weirdo in, in, in secret. She has this like, you know, we just sort of got to talking and I was like, she sings in this group called the lost Deans and she sings backup for just like a lot of people and has her own amazing songs. But I, I first knew her as just like, you're one of the best harmonizers that I know period. And I love to harmonize. I do a lot of backup for a lot of people. And so I was like, we should sing together, you know, like that would be super fun. And I kind of kept my feelings at bay, you know, and then sort of the night before I was like, okay, I think I really do have a crush on this person and I'm going to write them a song. Um, but I don't know. I really don't want them to know what's about them. Uh, yeah. And then I went over to her house and she was living in this gorgeous house at the time, right on the river. And we, just stayed up all night singing, you know, and wow. we have been doing that together ever since then. Yeah. Wow. That's a really magical thing. And it's very rare to like get to have all of those things together, like a nice relationship plus yeah. like, like also be able to have those types of harmonies. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you saying so. It's definitely one of my 
favorite things to do with her, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, I, I always have really connected with people who are obsessed with singing harmony because it's like, oh, you get what it is to just like be a part of something, like to 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 support something in a very physical way in music, you know? Because um, with singers, it's so rare for singers to want to be the support role is yeah. so... I don't know, it's pretty unusual. Uh, and so we really connected over that. And I think that that's very indicative of who she is as a person. You know, she's a, she's a great support system. Um, so yeah, we really connected over that. That's really special. Did you get to see the Bee Gees documentary? I haven't, but I really want to. It was, it was really interesting. Like you, you mentioned the support role. And I think it gave me, the Bee Gees documentary gave me like a very different mindset around singing harmonies and about like not being the front man and the like one of the things they keep talking about is the bg success being their three-part harmonies being this thing especially because they're all related so their voices are so similar that they blend well and it's this kind of it's an instrument that nobody can buy and so anytime that you combine voices you are creating an instrument that no one else in the world could buy oh that's so interesting yeah and it it felt I, I I just thought it spoke to the specialness of it when two people are like really harmonizing um I mean there there are people who have harmonized well but like didn't gel well together like personally like you can think of like Civil Wars or like Fleetwood Mac or whatever right like, but it's uh yeah it's just even more special when there are like loving brothers or if there are a couple that's yeah, it's just a very rare, very special thing that just doesn't happen very often. Totally. So <laughs> yeah, I, f I feel really fortunate that one of my, like, big renaissances musically in my life was playing with a group called the Sons of Rainier. And I, I play drums and, and sing backup for, for that group. And it's, a, it's mostly, like, three-part harmony-based music. Um, and we just get along so freaking well, you know, I mean, like we just have a blast with each other, like doing pretty much anything. I mean, and so yeah, when the singing is happening, it's just like this really, you know, I mean, it's, I can't quite think of the word for it. I mean, it's, it's like better than sex sometimes. It's like, it's just like this really real connection with someone like using your body and your, soul or whatever I don't know it sounds really cheesy but it's just it's one of my favorite things in the world it's such a yeah it's it's something you really can't buy you know it's really special yeah. I think uh yeah the words are cheesy but they're like you know they're, uh, it's it's getting at something which is very true which is like it's being absolutely present with like your mind and your body in a place yeah. and that very it, it it you there's not many excuses to get to do that in most adult life like most adult life you're like sitting at a computer like really using your brain but your body's physically like not really a part of it um, right but then there are other times like in sports sometimes like you when you're like in the zone or like anytime you're like in the zone i feel like that's that's what you're trying to imply yeah like, for sure yeah yeah that's a really good way of putting it but it, the special thing about being in the zone in like a team sport or a band is that you're both, which is I think why you made the analogy to sex is because you're both 
with your bodies and your minds and like all of your hearts like moving the same direction in the same way and like yeah. when you pivot you pivot together and that's that's a really unusual thing as well um yeah yeah to be able to do that that's sweet are you uh would you be interested in playing any of those duets without her yeah yeah i was like <laughs> yeah she's, she's at work right now and i'm just like dang i wish that i could just like call up the stairs and have her scurry down but um uh yeah absolutely i gotta think of which one i want to do but i think i know i have to do it way up here though because normally i sing the low part i never sing the melody yeah this uh this guitar seems like it has a lot of stories in it as well these strings are th are they super muted um th well yeah i get pretty lazy about changing the strings that's a big part of it um sure. and this thing went through a fire with with me um my van burned down when i moved to New Orleans officially. Uh, I saw that photo. Yeah, I was like two hours outside of New Orleans and then uh, my van caught fire and I lost everything except for this and one of my amps. Um, there was like a drum kit and just like, you know, my whole life. I mean, you just, you don't think about what objects are important to you until yeah. you can't decide what you do with them anymore. They're just gone. Um, yeah. It taught me a good lesson, you know. I mean, it, I, I haven't really liked accumulated too much stuff since then because I'm like, you know, I got kind of got what I need. I'm good. Um, I know what can happen. I don't need to put my love and time into things. Um, but yeah, this thing has been through a lot. Um, but I haven't had it for that long. You know, I mean, I've never had a case for it. I think that that's probably one of the stupidest things I've ever done. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've never had a case. Or since the case melted when when the van burned down that was the last case it had did the engine catch on fire and then you just only had a couple seconds to pull off and pull stuff out yeah i mean i didn't even pull anything out um because it was like gonna it was it was going fast and going hot so i couldn't get near it after the first like 10 seconds of being out of there I mean, I barely made it, you know, like it was one of those things where if I had not noticed what was going on for another like minute, I probably wouldn't be here, you know. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's a whole saga that that day was insane. I ended up, yeah, it's a, it was a weird day, but um, a one that I look back on fondly um, in, in, in its own way. But yeah, ever since I haven't had a case for this thing and it's been really treated very poorly, but I haven't had it for very long. <laughs> so it looks like it has a great story, but really it's just like, yeah, it's, I've just kind of really not taken care of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should, because it's my favorite guitar I've ever owned. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'll play this one. This is the, this is actually the one that I wrote for her, although I didn't tell her. And then we sang it together when I played it for the first time, really. But yeah. It's gonna be bad. I've looked in starlight places, but you're nowhere to be found. 
You weren't where the roses bloom I'll spend my whole life waiting If that's what I need to do Because it's you And I'll wait for you You weren't in a crowded hallway Where the pretty people play You weren't out dancing in the rain You weren't around the corner You weren't coming into view But it's you, so I'll wait for you get to know you and if I haven't been looking then I'd be the one to blame but if I knew it honey I would shout your name I've spent my whole life waiting like I guess I'm made to do I hope that you've been waiting too I'm spinning round in circles Everywhere I haven't found Pointed at you You know I'll wait for you <laughs> Been a long time <laughs> That was fun too I gotta say just before we go any further That I just like really appreciate You reaching out And I really appreciate like, this is just such an endeavor that I think is just such a service to to people. It's such a sweet thing to do. And you are clearly, like, really great at it. So, just, like, good job. Thanks. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You guys uh, didn't want to be, like, you know, we're signing off. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, thanks. But, like, yeah. no, it's just, like, <laughs> it's, like, a really cool thing. And I just think that you should be proud of what you're doing. It's awesome. You know? Thank I mean, you. never done anything like this. And it's pretty nifty. Thank you. Um, yeah, I... I mean, I really care about musicians and that there, there's like, th this is like the kind of format that I really enjoy getting to know people. Um, I think there's only so much that talking can accomplish um, within any relationship. And then singing does this other thing of like, it brings you again out of your head and like, it's just such a cool way to share stories between two people. Um, it's such a cool way to get to know somebody. Um, and I'm just always like perpetually curious about artists and what makes them tick and like wanting to get to know stories behind stuff. Um, my, my wife and I, for our anniversary last year, we went to see Nick Kroll, um, live in San Francisco. And after we were at a bar together and she was like, you seem kind of down, like what's going on? And I was like, uh, I, uh, it's going to sound stupid. And she was like, no, you should say it. And I was like, I just feel sad that we're not with him anymore, anymore. and yeah, I wish I yeah. could know oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's, yeah, I just, I really, I really do get to, um, I really enjoy getting to know artists, and yeah, I appreciate your time. I think your music is so, so cool. I think you are an incredible, incredible songwriter, and your voice is, you have a very, very special voice. Um, yeah, so... so. 
Thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for saying so. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course. Um cool. So we are at uh we are at forty five minutes. So the the last the last thing I typically ask people um is you can choose your own adventure. You can either go worst advice you've gotten or you can go worst gig or best gig. Or or you can go best advice. So any of these four corners, feel feel free to Oh man. Oh, that's so like uh, that's really tough. I feel like best is is so hard. Sure, top top three, best ish. Jeez, uh, Louise, there's this, um, there's this festival up in Bellingham, Washington, that's put on every summer called the Subdued String Band Jamboree, and I think that it actually correlates with what I would say is like. I wouldn't say it's deliberate advice, but it's definitely something I've learned that I'm really grateful for. And it's from that community of people. And the way this festival happens is that they get donations and stuff. It's a totally community-built festival. And there are so many volunteers that help, like, build the stages. They help run the sound systems, feed the artists, and, like, everyone's so well taken care of. And yet it just feels like this big camp out, like for the whole city. And it's just like totally organic, natural feeling party, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, there's this really fine line between like believing in yourself and taking yourself seriously and loving things and putting them in a box like those two things are really really close to each other sometimes i think especially when we're trying to pursue our passions when it's like when really if you're you know when you're pursuing your passion like you're you're doing it right like i guess that my the best advice i ever really got was just through example from from people that i've played with who i really admire and they just they don't ask any more from it than they can give it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, this is how much I have to give, and, and I appreciate that, and I enjoy it. And that festival is a really great example of that. Of like, you know, they're not asking for, you know, a Bonnaroo or mm-hmm. a, like, Coachella or whatever. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. like, the last thing they want because they want to make sure that they can give everything they have, which yeah. isn't, you know, and to make it count. So... I don't really know if that's an answer, but that's sort of the best I got. It's just like, don't push beyond what your passion really is, you know? Because if yeah. you just stay with that true love you have for the thing you do, it, it, it can always guide you, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's great, a great answer. answer. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I talk about this, like, all. I talk about that stuff all the time with people. And I'm sort of biased because, like, a lot of people see me as, like, a chipper, like, happy dude or like you know i i typically write songs about things i like nowadays and um so i'm always just kind of preaching this thing of like yeah yeah just like if you ever get stuck with writing just remember that you love to do it you know Mm -hmm. like it 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 is a beautiful thing just remember that it's not supposed to be something that you rip apart you're supposed to enjoy it you know otherwise it's like a really bad job to have you know so but it's easier said than done and i get that but i think that 
Yeah, just like, it's so, so, it's like the cheesiest thing you could possibly say, but like really following your heart like is so important. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's in music for a while, that's great. And then if you like can't put your heart into music, like go sit on a bench and read a book or, you know, call your buddy. There's just like so many different ways to, to nourish yourself. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, I've been doing this thing where I set 15 minute timers for all of my tasks every day. So even if I like hate playing music today, I am going to sit down and write for at least 15 minutes. And if I don't want to write anymore, that 15 minutes is all I had to, to do. And I can right, move yeah. on. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's been, been... It, it's kind of along those same lines of being less hard on yourself while getting more out of it. Because when your heart wants to engage, your heart can engage and ask for more. more. Yeah. And, and when it when doesn't want to engage, you're like, great, that was 15 minutes, moving on. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good version of just like not being too hard on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, sweet. Well, thank you so much. Um, again, appreciate it. Yeah, this was such a blast. Like if you ever want to do something like this again, you know, just like let me know. Mm-hmm.